there fire in the house tonight? Glory to God. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Matthew chapter 8. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's just nice to welcome the Holy Spirit in that way. Amen? Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 8, and I want to read verses 5 through 8 to begin with here. It says this, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at, at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Now tonight, I want to talk about the connection between sending or verbally speaking the word of God, the connection to that with divine healing. The Lord just really has been speaking to me about the power of our words. The Word of God is very clear that confession is a spiritual law. Now, what does the word confess mean? The word confess means to agree with, to declare faith in, or to acknowledge. All right? Let me say it again. The word confess means this, to agree with, to declare faith in, or to acknowledge. All right? So my question to you is this tonight. Who or what have you been agreeing with lately? Who have you been declaring your faith in lately? Who have you been acknowledging lately? And it all comes down to one of two. You ready for this? God or Satan? All right? Now, how many of you in here know that there is power in the words that we speak? There's power for good and there's power for evil. Because it's a spiritual law. Confession is a spiritual law. Just like the law of gravity can be used for good and it can be used for bad. Amen? But there is power in the words that we speak. And this is very important in connection when we talk about divine healing. Now, words, if you're taking notes, write this down. Words are a spiritual force. Words are spiritual. They're a spiritual force. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, you have to understand this, first of all. That you and I, Human beings, we are a spirit being, first and foremost. Did you know that? We are a spirit being. And we possess a soul, mind, will, and emotions. And we live in a physical body. We're three parts. Humans are three parts. Did you know that? Spirit, soul, and body. And the reason I say words are a spiritual force is because the words that we speak originate in our spirit man. I'm going to take you a little deeper tonight. The words that come out of our mouth originate in our spirit man. So, so therefore, words are a spiritual force. Now, how do I know that? How do I know that words originate in our spirit man? Well, let me break it down like this. Because I've never seen a dead body at the funeral home sit up and talk to me. Did you hear me? 
I've never seen, when I went to the funeral home for a showing or a funeral, that doggone it, that dead body never stood up and talked to me. No words come out of that corpse's mouth. Why? Because the spirit man has left the physical body. Words are a spiritual force. All right? Your words, get this, will either attract the things that pertain to the kingdom of God or things that pertain to the kingdom of Satan. Two kingdoms, kingdom of God, kingdom of Satan. And your words will attract one or the other. All right? And the kingdom of Satan includes sickness, disease, and bondage, by the way. I don't know if you knew that or not, but they do. And listen to this. Your spoken words will, will draw or attract the manifest presence of God or the presence of evil in your life. All right, now go to Psalm 103. I want to show you something here. Just to prove that point. Psalm 103. And I want to look at verse 20. Just one verse. And it says this. Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength and do His word, heeding the voice of of his word, of God's word. This scripture is powerful because it literally says that God's holy angels hearken unto the voice of his word. And when we verbally speak the word of God, when we confess, agree with, declare the promises of God, we are giving voice to the word of God. Did you know that? Let me, let me read that again. Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength, who do His word, heeding the voice of His word. We, as Christians, give voice to the word of God on this earth. Did you know that? We need to give voice to the word of God. And it says when we give voice to His word, voice to the promises that belong to us, that God has given us through Jesus Christ, literally, you are attracting the angels of God. You can know when you let that confession of that scripture for healing or whatever come out, you know you're drawing a heavenly crowd. Are you hearing me, somebody? And along with them, with the angelic, comes the manifest presence of God. How many of you felt the manifest presence of God before? I know through this week and and, and some services, there's times when literally the presence of God gets so strong it feels like the hair is standing up on my head. It feels like electricity is flowing through my body and others can can, uh, know what I'm talking about. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just hang around, you'll start to feel it. Amen? So the manifest presence of God shows up. The glory of God shows up. There's times when I'm in here praying or wherever I'm at praying and I speak a scripture and all of a sudden just the whole atmosphere gets charged with the presence of God. Why? We're giving voice to His Word and you're drawing a heavenly crowd. The angels of God are showing up on the scene and they bring with them the awesome presence of God. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4. 
And I want you to look at 29 through 30 here. Two verses. And it says this. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification or building up or strengthening. That it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now this is powerful. It says, let no corrupt word. But you know what? I kind of like the King James translation a little better on that. Because it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now you need to know something. What is corrupt communication? What is a corrupt word? What's it talking about? Anything that perverts the word of God and the will of God is corrupt communication. Oh, healing, divine healing isn't for today. You know, God's not doing miracles today. That's corrupt communication. Because it's totally out of line with what the word of God says. Are you following me? So you must understand that corrupt communication is any communication that would pervert the word and the will of God. And that scripture goes on to say that the words that come out of our mouths as Christians must minister grace, strength, healing to the hearer. Now listen to this. The Holy Ghost showed me this too. Even if you are the hearer speaking to yourself. Oh my. Oh, come on. Let me ask you this. Do your words minister grace to yourself or are you always word cursing yourself? Oh, I'm never going to amount to anything. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, every time winter comes around, man, I'm going to get this infirmity. I'm going to get this sickness. Yep, sure as day. Here comes that pneumonia. Your words not only need to minister grace to other people, but to yourself. I've never seen it that way until I sat down writing this today in my office. Do your words minister grace to yourself? Now, you could take that into a whole other area of emotional healing and all that, which we'll probably go into in in other ones, other um, services. But do your words minister grace to yourself, or are you always word cursing yourself and opening the door for evil spirits, sickness, and disease to come in? So I'm just feeding you some stuff, so you just take it, chew on it. And just apply it to your life where needed. The Holy Ghost will help you with that. And then I want you to notice what Ephesians 4 goes on to say. It goes on to say in verse 30, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. The fact is this, I don't think that... By the way, I believe that all... How how the scripture lines up, verse 29 was written first, verse 30, it's all on purpose. Are you hearing me? Don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. And it's interesting. The next verse says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Think about this. The fact is this. Your words will either grieve the Holy Spirit or will please Him. There's no in between. And it all depends on this one thing. How you represent God's word and will from your mouth. And your lifestyle. Think about this. 
And friends, we need the Holy Spirit to operate in our life. We need all the help that we can get, especially, especially in the area of divine healing. He's our helper. The Holy Spirit's the one that illuminates these truths to us. Like that, that, that about your words need to minister grace to the hearer. I never knew that before. That was obviously the Holy Spirit revealing that. You see, the Holy Spirit's there to show us how to apply the word to every area of our life. And we need him. And we ought not grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen? Listen to this. Our spoken words are seeds. And I want to ask you, what kind of seeds are you sowing into your life? The word of God or the word of the devil? Are you watering that sickness and disease by your negative words? When you word curse, curse yourself, listen to me. When you speak word curses against yourself, you know what you're doing? You're prophesying your own future. You're prophesying your own future. I'm telling you right now, your words will determine the outcome of your life. That you'll go in the direction of the spoken words in your life. Alright, now, in Matthew 6.10, Jesus taught us to pray to our Heavenly Father this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me ask you something. Do you believe that there's sickness, disease, and bondage in heaven? No. No. Then that's the will of God for the earth. That's the will of God for your body. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You won't find one shred. I guarantee you when you get to heaven one day, you won't find one bit of cancer in heaven. No leukemia. No pain. And God has the same will. That's his will for you. His child. Amen? Now just to give a little background, maybe some new people here. New people watching around the world right now. Sickness, disease, and bondage did not enter the earth until Adam and Eve sinned against God by eating the forbidden fruit. That is the point that sickness, disease, and bondage, the curse, entered in. It was never in the original plan of God. It was never in the will of God. And those things will never be in the will of God. Are you hearing me, somebody? So, those things entered in through sin, the original sin of Adam and Eve. So let me ask you this, is sin the will of God? How many of you here would say that sin is the will of God? No, it's not the will of God. So then the fruit of sin is not the will of God either. Because those things simply entered in. Sin was the gateway that allowed sickness and disease to come into the picture. So we just got to get our, our thinking straight on this, all right? A lot of people think they're, they're being spiritual by saying, you know, this is my thorn in the flesh. By the way, the thorn in the flesh was not a sickness, was not a disease. Paul was talking about persecution. There was a demonic spirit following him everywhere he went, stirring up persecution because he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of us know here at RCC the persecution thing? Amen? 
we kind of have a little bit of a clue what Paul was talking about, although he went through a lot more. But one way the kingdom of God is advanced on this earth and in our lives personally is by verbally speaking the word of God. And the word of God is the will of God. It's got to come out of the mouth. I'll tell you right now, you won't do very much for Jesus unless it's coming out of your mouth. You can't cast out devils without speaking and giving the command. Are you hearing me? You Praying, coming against the sickness and infirmity by speaking. I'm, I'll, come on, somebody. You're not going to do very much unless it's coming out of your mouth. When we as Christians speak the word of God, we are coming into agreement with heaven. Think about this. Now think about this. When we as Christians speak the word of God, the promises of God, we believe them and we speak them boldly over our lives, over our children's lives, grandchildren, your own life, whatever. When we speak in line with the word of God, we are coming in agreement with heaven. We are coming into agreement with God himself. I don't know about you, but that's baffling to me. I mean, that is what a privilege it is to come in agreement with our Creator. Hello, somebody. You could say it this way. When we speak the Word of God or speak in line with the Word of God, we are releasing the sound of heaven on this earth. We're releasing the sound of heaven. And i got to say this. You plus God is always a majority. It doesn't matter if, if every other person is against you. If God's word says it and you believe it, you plus God is a majority. It is a must for you to come into agreement. This is a healing miracle service. If you got sickness and disease in your body, it is a must that you come into agreement with God's word. And... It's going to have to, you have to come in agreement with God's word for you to come out victorious in this attack, in this negative circumstance that you're in. All right? When we speak the word of God over our body, over our soul, over our spirit, we are releasing the resources of heaven in our, in our lives. Now, I want to tell you something. Listen to me closely. Satan evil spirits, sickness, and disease, listen to me, recognize the sound of heaven. They recognize the spoken word of God. They recognize the word of God. They tremble at it. They fear the word of God in a sense when it's spoken. Are you hearing me? I'm encouraging you, you need to speak to that sickness. You need to speak to that disease. You need to speak to that infirmity, whatever it is. You need to speak to it. I'm telling you right now, it hears you. Maybe you never heard this before. Maybe someone watching me, you've gone to a church where you never heard a message like this before. But I'm telling you right now, they hear you. Those cancer cells hear you when you curse them in the name of Jesus. When you speak the word of God, they hear you. They recognize the authority of the word of God. They recognize the authority that's in the name of Jesus when it's spoken to them. I'm telling you. 
You need to get a revelation of this. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the word of God. And when you speak it, you're coming in agreement with all of heaven. Hallelujah. The word of God says that Jesus cast out demons with his word. His word. Say word. The enemy and everything associated with the kingdom of Satan will respond to the spoken word of God. I'm telling you, they recognize spiritual authority when they are confronted with it. They recognize it. And that's why, listen to me, that is why they attack Christians so hard. That's why evil spirits attack Christians in our thought life so hard. Because number one, they want to discourage you and I to the point that we'll just give up speaking the word of God. We'll just give up believing the promises of God. And number two, they want your spoken words to agree with their will and not the will of God. Are you hearing me? Oh, this takes us back to the thought life thing here. You think on something long enough, if you're thinking that your situation is hopeless and all that, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Hopelessness. Despair. I'm never going to fight. I'm never going to get victorious over this thing. It all comes down to your thought life. I mean, it is so powerful. Your thought life is so crucial in connection to healing. I I can't even stress that enough. But Satan and evil spirits want you to speak word curses over your situation, over your life, because then that gives them the open door in your life to come in. When you speak negativity, when you speak word curses over your life, it, it's, it's just like opening the door of your house and say, devil, evil spirits, come right on in. That's what you're doing in your body. I'm telling you. Well, Pastor James, you know, I, I just... I think you're going a little overboard with this. Oh yeah? Why is your life such a mess right now? Because you're doing the exact same thing. You're opening the door to Satan and evil spirits in your life. Are you hearing me, somebody? It's tight, but it's right. It's tight, but it's right. Now, I'm telling you right now, we need to wake up to the fact that Satan and demonic spirits, they know... And they understand the power of spoken words that come out of our mouth. They know it better than Christians know it. Are you hearing me? Uh, that's a sad fact. And you'll hear me some, a lot of times in my prayer times. I say, Lord, teach me about the spirit realm. Teach me about the realm of the spirit. Teach me how to be effective against satan and evil spirits teach me how to stop the kingdom of satan in my life my family's life the ministry are you hearing me i the the holy ghost is right here the word of god is right there there's no reason why we should be getting our butts kicked by the devil and you need to make a decision you're not going to let it happen anymore Hallelujah. Go to 2 Corinthians 1. We should be the butt kickers. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. We need to kick some devil butt. Glory to God. The fact is, when they hear the name of Jesus, they tremble. 
They're terrified of it. But we would rather just moan and complain about our situation instead of speaking the word of God, speaking the name of Jesus, and hanging in there. Too many people throw, throw in the towel too early. Well, they do it once. They're like, well, it didn't work. No, 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 no. We're in a fight of faith, the Bible says. You hang in there. You be relentless with it. Are you hearing me? 2 Corinthians 1.20. I think you'll find this interesting. It says, for all the promises of God in him. Notice the H is capitalized, talking about Jesus. For all the promises of God in him, in Jesus, are yes and in him, amen. To the glory of God through us. Now, this is an interesting one. I mean, this is a scripture you could just read over and you don't really, you know, you just read it over. Oh, great, it's yes and amen. Hey, done deal, right? Well, I don't believe it means that. If that was the case, there wouldn't be so many Christians getting their butts kicked. Are you hearing me? If the salvation settled it all thing happened and you didn't have to do anything, are you hearing me, somebody? Just doesn't make sense, does it? So there must be some other application for it. And I submit this evidence to you. The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ to the glory of God. Notice this. Through us. Oh, you mean we have a part to play here? Darn. I thought it was just going to be a walk through the park. It says, through us, the promises of God are true. Listen to me. But for them to be manifested in our life, for us to experience them in our life, we must verbally, come on, put the yes and amen on each promise. Oh, someone didn't hear me. No. Listen to this. The word amen means this. So be it. So be it. Say, so be it. We must believe and speak the promises of God and continue to stand on them for us to benefit from them. Now this is why, I'm telling you, this is why you see some Christians experience some of the promises of God and some of the other ones, it's like, What's going on here? You know, you see a Christian, they love Jesus. I'm not saying that. They love the Lord with all their hearts. But they don't believe a shred of the healing message. And they never take advantage of it. Why? Because they failed to put the yes and amen on the healing promises. You see some Christians, they love Jesus with their whole heart. Man, they're in church every time the door is open. But spiritual gifts, nah, you never see them operate in them. Why? Because the Bible says, first of all, you have to desire them. And if they don't put the yes and amen on the spiritual gifts, they're not going to walk in them. Is this clicking, somebody? Or, here, here's one, how about uh, Prosperity. So, you know, some people, some uh, ministers, they love the Lord with their whole heart. Man, they give everything for Jesus, and they even take a vow of poverty. Well, they have not gone to the Word of God, and they haven't put the yes and amen that God wants you to have all your needs met. Are you hearing me? When you decide to believe all of the Word of God, 
and put the yes and amen stamp on each promise. That is when you will begin to enter into the fullness of the blessing of Abraham through Jesus Christ. The fact is, it, listen to this, you need to do it. How many of you here want to experience the fullness of the blessing of Abraham? Galatians talks about that the blessing of Abraham belongs to us through Jesus Christ. That's talking about the fullness of everything in Christ. I want to walk in the fullness. Uh, you know, hey, we press in toward that goal. Amen? Hallelujah. But Satan and evil spirits do not want you and I to take that step of putting the verbal, say verbal, yes and amen on all of the promises of God. Um, this whole verbal thing, something just clicked here. I don't know if someone here or someone watching, but someone in here watching always does unspoken requests, unspoken prayer requests. You know, that's not even scriptural. How are you supposed to come in agreement with a fellow brother in the Lord if it's an unspoken? I know it's a rabbit trail, but bear with me, all right? Someone needs to hear this. How, you, I, I can't come in agreement with someone. Hey, I had an unspoken request. Well, how do I know what you're asking for is in line with the word or not? Are you hearing me? Unspoken request, you might as well just keep your mouth shut and not say a darn word. Save your breath. Now, if you want some answer to prayer, you need some agreement with the brother and sister, and you need to be open enough to be vulnerable to a brother and sister in the Lord and share with them. Now, that's a major rabbit trail, and I went down it because I felt the Holy Ghost do it. Let's get back on subject here. Go to Isaiah 54. That's a whole other service. Isaiah 54. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 54, 17. If you're there, say amen. All right, it says this. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment. Oh, you know, the doctor said I've only got three months to live. You shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Oh my goodness, Woo! this just clicked even more revelation on this. This is a promise that should be coming out of your mouth every day as a Christian. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And you can boldly say it, because God says, your righteousness is of me. In other words, I got your back. You go ahead and say it boldly. Yeah, you can say it boldly because I got your back. So what should you do if you have a sickness, disease, or infirmity in your body right now? Number one, you need to speak the word of God over your body on a daily basis. Number two, you need to keep your mind focused on the promises of God. Don't give in to fear, hopelessness, discouragement. Those are traps from Satan himself, from his kingdom. If you choose to focus on the negative, I'll tell you right now, Satan wins in your life, personally. Next, I like this one. You need to condemn that thing in your body. You need to condemn, 
Come on, somebody. That word curse, that doctor, that physician, whoever, that family member, that faithless family member, ooh, that faithless mother-in-law. <laughs> you need to condemn that thing from going any further in your body. Now, listen to this. You need to condemn that thing in your body by verbally rebuking it. The word condemn means this. I like this. To declare to be reprehensible, wrong, or evil. Usually after, oh, I like this. Usually after weighing evidence. Let me say it again. The word condemn means to declare reprehensible, wrong, or evil, usually after weighing evidence. Well, listen to me. The evidence that sickness, disease, and infirmity is wrong and is evil is found throughout the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. Are you hearing me, somebody? That's your evidence. So after you find the evidence in the Bible... That is when you can truly have faith, true biblical faith, because faith begins where the will of God is known. You can't have faith for something if you don't, you can't have faith for something you don't know God wants you to. Someone can't be saved unless they know that God wants them to be saved and is made away. Are you hearing me? And then you, can, you need to declare that sickness, disease, and infirmity reprehensible. Or unacceptable in your body and in your life. I'm telling you right now. I can't tell you how many times that we've heard of testimonies of people who said uh, their family member passed away. The doctor said they have six months to live with this cancer or whatever. And almost right to the day that family member dies. Why? Because they accepted the word curse. And they never condemned it. They never made the judgment to render that thing. Uh, render that thing. Give me a word, somebody. Ineffective. Hallelujah. Ding, ding, ding. You win. That's the word I was looking for. Ineffective in your life. I'm sure Cindy could have something to say about that. Amen? Amen. You'll find out in a little bit because she's going to share with you on another topic here in a moment. And the more you speak over that infirmity, sickness, and disease in your body, it will have to loose its grip on your life. It has to. You need to start talking to that sickness, that disease, that infirmity. You need to talk right to it. Well, Pastor James, you know, you are just too radical, man. Where does it say that in the Bible? I'll tell you right here. Jesus rebuked the fever in Peter's mother-in-law's body. Peter's mother-in-law, yes, Catholics, Peter was married. <laughs> right? Peter's mother-in-law had a fever. Jesus went in. And he spoke directly to the fever. It says he rebuked it. He condemned it. And he told it where to go. And it left her. And she was healed. 
So, you know what? If Jesus thought it was totally normal to speak to infirmity, sickness, and disease, guess what I'm going to do? The same thing. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And it's not always a one-time thing. Like I said, this is a fight of faith. We need to be radical. We need to be determined to kick down the gates of hell in our life. Man, I'm passionate about this. Go to Mark 11 here as I'm getting close to finishing up. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, if, if you have uh, uh, a family member who's sick with a disease and infirmity and you have been speaking negatively to them, you need to just say something right now. You need to say, in the name of Jesus, I renounce every word curse I've spoken over and then name that person. And say, I bless them in the name of Jesus. I loose the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ on that person right now. Someone needed to hear that. Mark 11, 20 through 24. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. That literally means in the Greek, have the God kind of faith. Speaking, speaking. For assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, boy, Jesus was radical. He was speaking to weather. He was speaking to mountains. He was speaking to infirmity. He was commanding demons to go. He was radical. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Say whatever. This is a spiritual law. You can receive blessing or you can receive cursing. Whatever he says, the scripture says. Whatever he says. If you believe it, if you believe you're going to get that pneumonia this winter, guess what you're going to get? Merry Christmas. <laughs> but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray... Believe you receive them and you will have them. Now, I want you to notice something here. Jesus cursed a fig tree the morning before. All right? There, you can read the, the verses before. Jesus cursed a fig tree. He spoke. He said, may leaves never grow on you, whatever. He cursed it with the spoken word. All right? But I want you to notice something. There, was no, there were no immediate signs of anything happening to the physical eye until the next morning. So the moment Jesus cursed that thing, it just didn't immediately fall over. Now, come on, I'm giving you something spiritual here. What is the point I'm trying to make right now with this? You need to understand that when you verbally speak the Word of God over your body... And you use your authority in Christ to speak to that sickness and disease, commanding it to leave, your body to be healed. You may not see an immediate change. But you need to know and be confident of the fact 
that you are attacking that thing, come on, even more importantly, from the root. It's, you're, you're getting the root. See, a lot of people want to deal with the fruit, but we got to go to the root if you really want this thing dead and gone in your life. Jesus knew this. Mm. And you must believe. You must believe at the point of speaking that what you say will come to pass. You need to believe it. That's why if you have a faith problem in the healing promises of God, you, need, you, need, you know what you need to do? You need to say, Lord, I'm going to go in your word. I'm going to look up all the healing scriptures. God, you know, I've had a problem with this. I learned that healing wasn't for today and not always your will. I, I've learned this stuff. But Lord, I'm open to whatever your will really is. So I'm going to find all the healing scriptures and I'm going to go into it with an open heart. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would show me, reveal to me your truth on this matter. Are you hearing me, somebody? See, so many people walk around, they just hold on to dead religion all the time. Well, mommy and daddy raised me that way. Well, you know, my pastor taught me that all my life. Well, guess what? Maybe mommy and daddy was wrong. Maybe your pastor was wrong. What if? Go back to the Word. Study it for yourself. And ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate the truths to you. Amen? I mean, what's the harm of that? Some people won't do that. You want to know why? Because they're afraid to find out that they were wrong all these years. And they could have done something about the pain that they were in. Are you hearing me? Amen? I mean, it's, it's a hard truth. But that's true at some, some points. But you need to believe. If you have a faith problem on healing and you need healing... You need to build up your faith. Go through the Word. You need to build yourself up. And you, you, your faith will start to build up. And it, it, you'll get so filled with those Scriptures. Pretty soon it's going to spew right out of your mouth. And you're going to say it confidently. You're going to say it in faith. You're going to say it boldly. And there's no devil in hell. There's no unscriptural preacher that can talk you out of it. Are you hearing me? You can get to that point. You can get to that point. I, I'm so convinced of the will of God in this matter. Nobody, I, nobody can talk me out of it. Nobody. Why? Because there's too much evidence. There's too much evidence. And it's all right here. From Genesis to Revelation. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Feed on the word of God. Feed on the promises of God. And if you're trying to fight sickness and disease in your body apart from God, apart from His Word, apart from Jesus Christ, apart from the promises in the Word, you have lost the battle already. But guess what? It's not too late. If you've got breath in your lungs right now, you can change that. Are you hearing me? If you're not a Christian, you can change that today. And Elizabeth has decided to join me on stage tonight. <laughs> funny she put this in my bible it fall, fall i'm like what what is this <laughs> I, I love my wife all right <laughs> but jesus christ is the only one that can truly bring you over into victory in life and my last scripture is isaiah 55 11 go there with me isaiah 55 verse 11 if you're there say amen Thank you, you too. Um, 
<laughs> All right, listen to this. It says this. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper or accomplish that thing for which I sent it. Like I said, the word of God from Genesis to Revelation proceeded out of the mouth of God. How many of you believe this is the word of God and not the word of man? How many of you believe that this proceeded from the mouth of God? He sent his word and he healed us. Now, it's up to us to put the yes and amen on all of the promises of the word of God in our life and on our destiny. It's time for you to start sending the word of God into your body by believing what it says and verbally confessing it. Amen? Yeah. All right, Cindy, come on up.